I have a quick question for you guys as we as we start in our message today. By show of hands, how many of you have ever lived in the great state of Texas? We have a few people, and we're going to pray for those people now. Um, <laughs> no, um, you know, growing up in New Mexico, there's always a lot of Texas jokes. Um, but I then ended up being a Texas resident for five years. And I have to admit that entire time I tried to avoid the adoption of the word y'all. There have been a few times where I've almost said it, but I've, I've managed to resist, thankfully. Now, I have some family roots in Chicago, and I lived there for a few years as well, about three and a half years. So you may occasionally catch me saying things like, uh, how y'all, no, not how, I just said y'all. Oh my gosh. How, how you doing? I, I say that frequently and as well as saying you guys, even when referring to say a group of girls, uh, because that's what you say in Chicago. Now, different parts of the country have developed ways of saying you in a plural form. Because English, unlike most languages, uses the same word for both the singular and the plural second person. So it's really hard to differentiate when we're speaking to one another if we're saying you as an individual or you as a group. And unfortunately, because that is the way the English language works, we sometimes read our Bibles and we miss when the you does not refer to an individual, but to an entire group of people. So uh, a man named Dr. John Dyer at Dallas Seminary, who loves coding and doing websites and these things, came up with a solution to help us see the second person plural in our Bibles. And he developed a website called yallversion.com. Now, if you're interested in looking it up, I believe it only runs on Google Chrome, but if you could get on there, it's a good little Bible study tool. What you do is you go to the website and you pick a region. So for, for our first reading here, we're going we're gonna to do Texas. And uh, you, you pick your Bible translations. So we have ESV, NIV, and then cut off over here. It shows you the original language as well. And you, after you've selected your region, Chicago, Midwest, Southern, whatever it may be, it plugs in the word, this, in this case, y'all, into the second person plural and highlights it in green for you to see. So like in this passage, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as y'all have always obeyed, So now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out y'all's own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in y'all, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Or to read it according to my own preferred lingo from Chicago, therefore, my beloved, as you guys have always obeyed, So now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out you guys' own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you guys, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
Now, we're all probably fairly familiar with these verses, at least a little bit. And Paul is, of course, reminding the Philippians that they need to pursue their sanctification, their growth as believers, and not saying that they are earning their salvation. But now that they have been justified by faith, now that believers are justified by faith, we have to grow in our salvation by intentionally pursuing Christ, intentionally pursuing Christ. And of course, Paul reminds us in verse 13, we are able to pursue becoming more like him because it is God who is at work in us, helping us to do that. But what yallversion.com helps us to realize is that Paul is not speaking to individuals alone, but to a community. He is speaking to a group of people and telling them as a collective to intentionally pursue growth in their faith. Now, unfortunately, we come away from passages like this and we, we think almost only on what we can, how we can apply this to our individual, personal, quiet times and lives. But because we miss that plural you in English, we don't spend a lot of time reflecting on the importance of pursuing intentional community for our sanctification. If we want to grow in Christ's likeness, we must realize that we can't without other people, without authentic community. A former professor of mine explains this well in one of his books, and I'd like to share with you a brief passage on what he says. He says, I was a member of our high school's gymnastics team. Yes, we had one. And no, I wasn't very good. But we had a good time, and as nobody was permanently disfigured, it was a success. In one of the gymnast realities, it's a team sport, yet you always perform alone. Every routine, every time, it's you and the apparatus. While your score is added to the team's total, it also remains your own individual work. This may be a reasonable way of describing the sport of sanctification. You must work hard, both alone and with your teammates, and your score will affect not only your team, but also your own individual accomplishment. Most of us are well aware of sanctification's individual aspects. We've heard in so many words of killing off sin, of walking with the spirit, of spiritual disciplines, of quiet times in prayer journals and Bible study. And I am absolutely in favor of these. As with gymnastics, the, the preparation is both individual and team-based. Even though each individual bears responsibility for his or her growth in holiness, one's growth as an individual always occurs in the context of the body of Christ. We train and grow as part of the body. Our life as a Christian reflects on the body. That is precisely why it's not okay to forsake the assembling together as hebrews 10:25 says to pursue a lone ranger sanctification 
Sanctification is a team sport. And I think he's right on there. If we grow, we do so together. Here at IBC, we use an acronym, the LIFE acronym, L-I-F-E, to help us to focus in on the things that we want to pursue as a church body together. We know it well, loving God together, investing in each other, finding a place to serve, and enlarging God's kingdom. If we want to pursue loving God more, we have to do that together. As we invest in each other, becoming more focused on other people, we learn to put ourselves aside as we do so. We cannot love Christ more and act more like him without intentionally rubbing shoulders with other Christians without learning to sacrifice of ourselves in Christian community. But that isn't always easy. This week, I've been suffering from what's called DOMS, or delayed onset muscle soreness. And I'm going to take a minute to whine a bit, if you would permit me. Basically, I started a new workout routine, and it's been a little brutal. Um, and my body isn't used to using the muscles that I'm asking it to use. So I've been cramping up constantly. But even when you get into the routine of a workout, there has to be a bit of pain if your muscles are going to grow. If your muscles are growing, that means they're also tearing and then building back up. The same is true of our Christian lives. Strain and pain are part of the process. And yes, that means sometimes... Sometimes, community and relationships don't match our expectations. Unfortunately, that necessary pain is why we often avoid both working out our physical bodies and getting into community. But I argue that, as with muscle growth, a bit of pain is necessary to grow in the Christian life. 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us that it is God's plan to bring together people who are very different from each other as one in the body of Christ. It says that the Lord brings together Greeks and Jews and slaves and freemen. And we find as we look at the letter of 1 Corinthians that this was never easy for them. In fact, it was often difficult and awkward and frustrating. I know that's not how you usually sell community, but these were all parts, important parts, for them to grow. A few years ago, I was asked to lead a small ministry group on my seminary campus, and I was to take five guys through two years of small groups together. Now, we had five men who were from three different ethnic backgrounds, four different cultures, some ex-military, some never anything like that, all with different personalities. And to top it all off, to the guys who were extremely different from each other were also roommates. And they just so happened to be assigned to the same small group. Needless to say, discussion got a little weird at times. You know, you had those moments where you had to clarify with people what you meant 
So you can imagine during this small group, things like that and personality differences, differences in perspectives, things were sometimes difficult to talk through together. But as time went on and we met every single Thursday, that strange little group of men became some of my best friends. There were many times that we disagreed sharply when we had to stay after the meeting to talk through perspectives and cultural differences and resolve different tensions that we had discovered with each other. But there were the good times too. The fellowship, getting together at each other's houses for Thanksgiving, just hanging out and having fun, playing with each other's kids. And one of the biggest blessings of all, helping each other to see our blind spots and grow. Now, four years later, we've all gone our separate ways, but whenever life throws one of us a curveball, we all reach out to each other on Facebook or on the phone and we catch up. We ask for prayer from each other. Our friendships were forged through both the awkward and the good in disagreement and in laughter in intentional community. That small group was one of the biggest blessings of my life. We all tend to focus on the individual, personal side of our growth, of our sanctification. But it's never the Spirit's intent for us to grow alone without true community. The Father's plan is to bring us all together with our different strengths and weaknesses to bind us together to Christ through the working of the Holy Spirit in our communities. Don't miss out on the opportunity to go deep with others. Today is our big push to encourage each other to get into life, the life group ministry here at IBC, to find that authentic, intimate community where we could get into the lives of the people God has brought to this church and do life together. Now, outside, when you exit, you'll find a table with seven different groups, all having different topics that they're focusing on, all meeting at different times with different leaders. In just a moment, we're going to hear from those leaders, and they're going to explain to us a little bit more about their groups. And as you listen to them this morning, I ask that you prayerfully do so and not let this opportunity pass you by to get into one of these community groups, one of these life groups where you can be blessed by diving into authentic community centered around God's word and pursuing intentional life relationships. Let's have our life group leaders come on down and they're going to tell us a little bit more about what they have planned for this season for us. Well, thank you, leaders. Let's give them a hand as they take their seats again. Yeah, these, uh, these folks um, give up their time to prepare and to meet with people and get there early and do things. So I'm very thankful for their sacrifice and their, their show of service in, in being willing to serve our body. So uh, at this time, I want to ask two people to come up and just share a little bit with us about their life group experience. I'm going to pick on Maria and Kevin, if you guys would come on down. And share a little bit with us this morning. Well, thank you guys for sharing. 
guys can go take a seat. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, guys. Um, if you've noticed, there's been a couple themes going through everyone who's shared this morning. You know, that idea that when you're willing to step out and get involved with other people, get into a group and really start to do life with people, even when they're completely different from you, you find an incredible source of encouragement. And you find people who are a lot more like you than you probably ever expected. People who are there to walk with you through life, who are there to pray with you, who are there to help you go deeper. And you also tend to find that you're not only getting something from them, but even when you don't expect it, you're able to give something back to other people. So this morning we've been sharing about our life groups, and we're going to kick them off here in a little bit. And uh, as you leave today... I'd encourage you to just slow down, take some time to look at that table, find me, find our leaders, ask us more questions about these groups. We are designed to be together in the Christian faith, to walk beside each other. We do not do well when we try to approach the spiritual life as solo lone rangers. That's not how the Spirit of God intended for us to walk. So this could be an incredible blessing for you. I encourage you to just seek this out. Take some time out of your schedule. Get plugged in so that you could do life together with your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer, and then our worship team is going to come and lead us one more time. Father God, I thank you for this day that we could gather together, Lord, enjoy brunch and fellowship and just having a good time. Lord, and hear from all these different people, just what a blessing the communities that you've brought us into have been for our lives. Lord, I pray that we would not slip back into seeing ourselves as solo, lone rangers, but Lord, that we would latch on to community, that we'd be intentional about growing together, about, yes, seeking our own individual private walk, but seeing that we need other people around us. I pray, Lord, that as we do, that our life group ministries would be built up, Lord, that they would flourish this year, that people would grow closer to you, that our leaders would serve well, and we thank you for all the sacrifices that they make of their time. Lord, I pray that you would uh, guide our groups this year, and that everything that is done in them would be to glorify your name. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.